afternoon. Welcome to the final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. If you hear the background noise, that's because I, Susan Littlefield, at the Gateway Farm Expo taking place in Kearney. And joining me all the way from the big city of Kansas City is Arlen Suderman with FC Stone. Arlen, I tell you, they put you and I under a little bit of pressure today out here at the farm show because I had a couple producers stop and say, we just got to do what we can to get some positive numbers in front of these grains. So I say we did it with the soybeans, so it's a start. Oh, we did it with the soybeans. You're right, and and that's one of the key commodities to uh, to see it in because if we're going to have any type of rally, it's probably going to be led by soybeans. It's kind of the indicator of, of the ag sector. Um, overall, though, it, it was still mostly an inside day. We did probe a little bit above the previous day's highs, but other than that, we basically traded the same trading range we're in yesterday. Yesterday was down. Today was back up in soybeans. But although we'll take we'll take the green on the screen. Uh, if there's a positive in it, it's that we're holding above the October lows, and we want to make sure that that continues to happen for soybeans. Uh, obviously, corn and wheat have struggled more with that, and uh, soybeans are trying to at least stay in a sideways trading range rather than fall in a, a bearish downward trading uh trends that like corn and wheat have been you know you talk about the wheat and they've just kind of been the crazy roller coaster as of late in this marketplace it it has been somewhat of a roller coaster i mean look at it wheat yesterday and it was up and people are saying why is wheat up and today it's down why is it down and 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 the bottom line is the trend. And keep in mind that the funds don't make money in a stagnant market. So they got to see some movement and volatility. And, and they're going to create that. And uh, yesterday, wheat benefited somewhat as corn and beans are going down. And spread unwinding favored wheat. A little bit of short covering triggered there. Um, so we saw some profit taking on some of the speculative big short or sold positions. Um, but... Um, Fundamentally, we've just got a lot of wheat out there, and we're not very competitive in the world market. So the sellers came back today, led by Kansas City, unfortunately, leading the way down. So the charts continue to look bearish. The the trend is your friend, so to speak, as they say in the markets. And unfortunately, it's not the friend of the farmer right now. That it's a friend of the person who's selling the uh, market and uh, continues to push it lower. Well, this corn just doesn't seem to have any excitement or it doesn't know which way to go. And so it just seems to be following everybody else. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, for a while, corn was going sideways. Really, from uh, through September and October, the, the primary direction was sideways. It seemed like December corn couldn't get away from that 350 level. And I know a lot of farmers are frustrated wishing it could rise above 350. Well, it broke the other way and uh, accelerated those losses primarily coming out of that crop report which was bearish for corn with a record corn yield and broke lower and, and wheat had been dragging on it and that crop report was enough then to give wheat the edge to be able to pull corn under we haven't seen greater losses in corn uh, the losses when they've happened have been somewhat muted by the fact that the speculative hedge funds are already believed to hold record or near record short or sold position. Um, but that doesn't keep them from continuing to leak lower. And I think that's what we're in danger of right now is corn market just continuing to, to leak lower, maybe down to that 328, 326 area. 
Are we seeing some lower numbers coming out when it comes to ethanol production? Uh, ethanol numbers have slipped a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but they're still near record highs, so I guess it's in perspective is the glass half full or half empty. Um, as I calculated out, uh, obviously we don't measure corn that goes into ethanol production, but we are able to, on a once-a-month basis, uh, do get reported what the corn is that has been processed, and uh, we can compare that against the weekly ethanol reports. And by my calculation, we are still slightly ahead of the seasonal pace needed to hit USDA's target for corn use. So I feel good about that. Overall, ethanol production remains strong, as I said, just below record levels. And, and that's certainly helping to support the domestic hey, demand side along with feed usage. Unfortunately, export demand for corn continues to be very sluggish, and that continues to be the primary problem right now. Now, you folks follow, not only follow you, but follow FC Stone on Twitter. They have a great map today that's talking about rainfall as a percent of normal in areas of Argentina. Yeah, that, that was actually a graphic that I pulled uh, from Commodity Weather Group and put my commentary and uh, the company put out there. Um, and, and basically, we're seeing things dry out in Argentina. Now, earlier in the season, we were hearing about excessive rain in Argentina. Uh, that was slowing the planting progress. And we have dried out. And that's good for getting crops planted. Soil moisture levels are good in most areas because of that excessive rain that they had earlier in the season. But probably about 15 to 20, 25 percent of the belt is starting to feel the stress now, and that's slowly rising. And I think as we get into December and January, this could become a much bigger story, particularly with La Nina strengthening. Um, the, the thinking originally was that La Nina would only be a, a, a neutral to weak episode. The last week we had the biggest drop in one week's time in sea surface anomalies that we've seen. Uh, since 1990, and they're now looking for a light to, to a weak to moderate strength La Nina, which increases the risk for Argentina going forward in the growing season. Well, I think seeing those and looking at those maps and those descriptions really will give people a better idea as to what's being seen in South America at this point. Yeah, certainly dry in Argentina and hot um, in that base. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming. We are at the Gateway Farm Expo bringing you the final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us, of course, is Arlen Suderman from FC Stone. Hear the background noise? It's because we are at the Gateway Farm Expo taking place in Kearney. And, of course, Arlen is in his offices in Kansas City. Let's jump over to the livestock side, Arlen. And I know that the cattle market as of late, I mean, it's a Wednesday. It seems like lately they've been waiting till. Oh, dark 30 to be able to really get some serious cash action going. And you're saying we've got some cattle movement going on. Uh, yeah, a little bit surprising with the cattle on feed report coming out Friday, but we did see some early action today. The packers apparently eager to get some trade done, and the feeders uh, worried that this could be a bearish report wanting to get some cattle sold. Um, but we started off the day with the online exchange, and we saw uh, not a lot of cattle on the exchange, but a, a little over half of them did trade at uh, mostly 190 
uh, excuse me, mostly 119 and a quarter, 110 I think went for 119 even. Uh, and then it wasn't long after that that we started seeing action unfold on the, on the negotiated market, uh, with cattle moving in Kansas and Texas at, uh, mostly 119. And then we, uh, saw, I think the totals I saw were between 8,000 and 10,000 head. And then later in the day we saw another 10,000 head move in Nebraska, um, on a similar equivalent price. Uh, so, um, cash cattle trading today, a lot of concerns as, as we look at this market. When we look at the fund liquidation there, the funds that built record large ownership of the meat complex. It's basically live cattle, feeder cattle, and lean hogs. And that fund, the funds are liquidating their positions now as the cash markets have weakened and they're amid some evidence that maybe we're building up supplies that we're not using the, the production the demand may not be quite as strong as what we thought. And so the funds are starting to liquidate those positions now and, and applying pressure. We did get a little bit of a bounce today on that 119 trade. Uh, is, uh, it was a little bit better than the thumb in the market feared. And uh, so the board did come back and finish the day in the green. For those consumers that hear us talking about where we're sitting cattle prices, how does that relate to what they're having to pay at the meat counter? Well, the meat counter is always slow to respond. It goes up fast, but it goes down slow. And uh, so, once again, it's uh, it's slow for the retailer, for the consumer to really be able to benefit from the lower beef prices because the prices don't seem to come down quite as fast. What about we talked about that cattle and feed report? There was some talk um, earlier in the week that we might see some pri- some surprises. That is in this month's report when they look at what's happened in the previous months? Well, it's, there's always speculation of that, but I do I do think that that's why the feeders were a little bit eager to let go of the cattle in this ahead of this report. Uh, there's generally fears that it's going to show more heavy placements, more expansion of what we've got in the feedlots and the way of supplies. And uh, so I think the feeders wanted to get rid of some cattle, even at the lower prices today. Um, ahead of the report. Are we seeing, as we look over to the hogs, going to see some widening of the price range? Yeah, we've basically been seeing uh, weaker cash prices now throughout the month of November and pulling back. And one of the primary concerns is um, that we're not seeing the slaughter, that we're starting to back up the hogs. And uh, this week's slaughter is expected to be around 2.48 million head. That would actually be down 2% from the same week last year. And the USDA data would suggest that we should be up about 4%. This is a trend we've been seeing here in recent weeks as the slaughter's just not being there. And uh, that suggests that maybe the packers know that the demand is a little bit softer um, than what we thought. And they're backing off. Even with the profitable margins, they're backing off on the slaughter to keep from this thing collapsing. Uh, and uh, I think that's why the record large uh, ownership by the speculative funds, they're backing off. Now, we did the nearby contracts did bounce a little bit today. We started narrowing the spreads. But basically, uh, maybe unwinding some of those bear spreads, feeling like maybe some of those deferred months may have had a little bit too much premium built into them. Export-wise, for the for both cattle and hogs, have things been on the up and up? Or are we seeing a little bit of a down because we're headed into the holidays? 
Uh, well, typically this time of year, maybe we'll see a little bit more demand for uh, uh, for the turkey, so to speak. And then as we get into December for those uh, Christmas hams, one of the things that's been supporting the pork industry is a little bit more strength coming back in, in the belly prices. And that's been kind of limiting the losses a little bit more as we've seen a little bit of that demand for bellies and bacon start to come back as retailers remember last year's shortage. Well, Arlen, thanks so much for joining us on the final bell on this Wednesday. Folks want to reach out to you, talk more to you, and be able to follow you through social media. How do they go about doing that? INTLFCStone.com. All right, check it out. And of course, check out where uh, he is on the Twitter as well, because he's got some great comments that happen throughout the day. And of course, sharing from other folks as well to give you an insight as well to this market trade. You've been listening to the final bell today from the Gateway Farm Expo. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Listening to the Rural Radio Network.